You're listening to the DFS On Deck Podcast, brought to you by LineStar, the top-rated DFS tool set and number one companion for DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo Daily Fantasy. Go LineStar Premium now at LineStarApp.com. Now, here are your hosts, fantasy baseball experts Joe Pizzapia and Chris Meany. Welcome to the DFS On Deck podcast brought to you by LineStar. Happy Monday, everybody. I'm Chris Meany. Thanks for taking the time to hang out. Joe Pizzapia is off for the week. The good dad that he is took his kids to Orlando Universal Studios. Should be a good time. We wish him and his fam a great time down south. Hopefully everybody had a great Easter week. And I got you covered this week. Don't worry. Got a few solid guests lined up for the week, including LineStar's MLB writer Greg Landry. He's going to check in tomorrow. But today I have one of the best DFS best players in the game covers all sports but really you've seen all of his work hopefully you've seen his work you know he's got a pretty good resume usa today rotowire most recently DraftKings. it's neil parker na parker 77s where you can follow him on twitter neil happy monday man thanks for taking the time to join me today my pleasure chris it's uh been quite an eventful start to the major league season so i'm just happy to sit down Plug through some numbers, take a few uh, stabs at some players heading into the pretty deep slate. Good, uh, good lineup of games, and uh, it's just fun to be off on a Monday. And uh, looking forward to some baseball tonight. I bet it is fun to be off on a Monday. That's right. Yeah, soak it in. We got ten games on the schedule, Neil. I, before we get into you know the games today, and we'll break and we'll break them down. We'll keep things the same we've been doing here for the show, Neil. We just run through all the games, uh, you know, talk pitchers and give a couple plays and. Um, you know, we'll throw in the line star app. There's, if you don't have it already, I mean, you need to get it. There's some great, just um, all kinds of cool tools and, and they spit out values and projections. It's, it's really just top notch over there. So we'll run through some games, but I just want to get your thoughts on the MLB season. I mean, I, you and I keep in touch every, basically every single day, Neil, talking a lot of sports. Uh, I know you're a big hockey guy, but uh, baseball as well. And, I don't know what you've noticed. So I'd like to get your thoughts on some trends. But one thing Joe and I have noticed is, man, even from a season-long standpoint, there's been some stud pitchers who have not – they've gotten out of the gate pretty slow. And we've seen some injuries, and we've seen a lot of home runs. <laughs> What's your takeaway from the first month of the season? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple ways to look at it, and, and both the points you just made are definitely correct. Um, Tommy Listella has six home runs. I mean, you know, <laughs> okay. he had six home runs over the last two years with the Cubs. I. Christian Yelich is, you know, beanstick. He's a pretty good, pretty good hitter, but he makes me look like Yokozuna. I mean, you know, like so these guys are leaving the yard left, right, and center. Um, and and that is the the truth too. They're they're going yard to all fields. Um, starting pitching definitely has taken a major blow. Uh, you know, we've had some breakouts when we look at Tyler Glasnow, we look at Luis Castillo. Sorry. Mind, yeah, Louis uh, Castillo has there oh, Cincinnati man, Red, Castillo but those has... two have been breakout guys, right? But other than that, I mean, we really haven't had had a lot of strong pitchers who were taken high survive. Trevor Bauer, Justin Verlander, and Jose Barreros might be it, and then obviously Blake Snell pitched well, but guess where he is? Yeah, BL, IL. So yeah. it's it, been tough. It, it has been tough i mean here we are a month and month into the season and you know looking at just DraftKings and FanDuel in terms of pricing for starting pitcher i mean chris sale is on the hill today and mike minor is more expensive than him on DraftKings. 
Like that's to the point where we've gotten here. I mean, you look over on the FanDuel side, Brad Keller, $8,500, Chris Sale, $8,400. So it, it's it's unbelievable. We'll get into Sale in a little bit in his matchup, but it, it is crazy to start the season. There's been a lot of power. Just We won't get into too much of what happened on the weekend, just a couple of news and notes. Aaron Judge joins a list of what is just a full field that you could have. I mean, the Yankees IL their entire team basically is is on the injured list. It's unbelievable. Judge is the latest to join uh, the crew. We had Max Scherzer, who got lit up in Miami this weekend. New Darvish continues to struggle. The Red Sox got a sweep. I think that was a big, uh, um, you know, t- very telling because they've struggled out of the gate and they go into Tampa, they get the sweep. Uh, all, all the all the games, you know, really close, but they pull that off. Miami takes actually two of three from Washington. Baltimore continues to give up home runs. So uh, a ton, and and, you know, Neil, what's your thoughts on Boston quickly? Um, that was a huge, that's obviously a huge, you know, sweep for them, but I mean, the hangover was for real. Yeah, big time. And and it just seems to be throughout the lineup, but you can't expect Mookie Betts to stay down, JD Martinez to stay down, Xander Bogart to stay down. I mean, the, they've got a great lineup and eventually the pitching will round itself into form. And, and finally, I think there's some bullpen stability and that might've been the biggest question mark entering the season. And Ryan Brazier looks like he's, you know, he's doing okay. And uh, that's a big boost for them. Sales velocity was up last start. So I expect him to sort of round back into form as well, but there definitely are concerns. I mean, you know, there were injury problems last year and just because the Red Sox went out and paid him the big money doesn't mean necessarily that he's hundred percent healthy. And, and there definitely are question marks there. Um, I think over the long haul, unless he is hurt, he will find his his uh, top form. All right, so let's get into today's action. As I mentioned, there's 10 games. And speaking of home runs, let's start in Baltimore. The Orioles taking on the White Sox. We have Manny Manuelos, who is starting today, a lefty on the hill for the White Sox. Lucas Giolito hit the IL going up against David Hessen. Just, you know, a couple things that I always look at, Neil, when looking at pitchers, I look at fly ball rates, I look at, you know, contact rates and hard hit rates. And for Hess, I mean, all the boxes check off in a negative way for him. I mean, he's got a 43% hard hit rate. He's got a 58% fly ball rate and an 85% contact rate. Those are all 10 top 10 marks in baseball. And the Orioles have allowed a league high 57 home runs this season, 27 from their bullpen alone. Uh, unbelievable. And Hess, he's given up seven home runs. So, I mean, he is a big part of it. He's a big part of the reason why Baltimore is giving up a lot of these home runs. We said Joe and I had said heading into the weekend that this was a good spot for guys like Nelson Cruz, Jonathan Scope to get back, uh, you know, just to get going with, you know, trips to Camden. They had obviously hit a, a few home runs in their day as a member of the Orioles. And that's what happened. I mean, Minnesota had a lot of they had 11 home runs on Saturday alone, Neil. I know there was a double hitter, but 11 home runs alone. So do you like any White Sox today against Hess? Well, I always like uh, Elo Jimenez. I think he's just figuring out the off-speed pitches, and you know he's obviously got huge potential at a reasonable price. But just the middle of that order, if you wanted to go for a stack, is is pretty solid. Moncada, Breu, Alonso, Jimenez, Tim Anderson, even all the way down to Wellington Castillo. On the flip side, I definitely have a soft spot for Jonathan Villar, and he hasn't been a top-notch hitter against left-handed pitchers in the last couple of years, but there's definitely potential in there. Bellianos, you mentioned not great. I mean, he doesn't have a large sample of uh, major league numbers, but allowed a 368 on base percentage, 352 wool, but a right-handed hitters and Valar back in 2016 showed that the skill set is there to really tee off on. So pause 385 OPS. So 
um, sorry, 385 on base percentage, 236 ISO and 393 Woba against lefties in 2016 for Valar. So the potential is there and he's probably going to hit in the top third of the lineup. And, you know, this could be a high, high scoring game potentially. Yeah, I think it should be, you know, it's right now the, it opened up at 10, it's at nine and a half. I would take the over on that game. I, th- I think there's going to be some runs scored. As I mentioned, Hess has just struggled to keep the ball in the park. So I think White Sox actually will, I think they're a strong stack yeah, right now. Their team applied total is at five. It's one of the highest on the board. Of course, Coors is always going to, you know, there's, whenever there's a game at Coors, you're always going to have that as the highest total game on the board and team applied totals there for Washington, Colorado high, but I think you can get by with definitely some white Sox. Uh, I, yeah, Ben Wellos, I don't, I can't imagine him going deep into the game. Uh, he does have some strikeout potential, but he's, he's not somebody that I would roll out on DraftKings. Let's move over to Pittsburgh. It's the complete opposite. The Orioles are giving up home runs left, right, and center and Pittsburgh not giving up anything. In fact, they're 2.5, 2.5, 5-4 ERA, their team ERA is, is the best in baseball and even better in terms of starters. One, or in fact, 2.11, it's it's the best mark in the NL. The Rays actually up at the top, 1.92, just phenomenal stuff with Tampa Bay and their pitching staff. But Pittsburgh doesn't give up anything. And PNC Park is is a nice pitcher-friendly park, but, but they don't have much offense, Neil, and that's my problem. It's really hard to to really feel great about any of their bats, even with Zach Godley, who's a fly ball pitcher on the hill today. Yeah, and I think this is a get-right spot for Zach Godley. The 1.57 home run per nine has hurt him this season. That's way above his career marks. Uh, but Pittsburgh enters with the 152 ISO and 301 Woba against righties. So this is a potential get-right get spot for Godley, and I think he's got a reasonable price, and especially as their number two pitcher on, on DraftKings or Yahoo or something. I mean, that is puts him right in the sweet spot. And it's also important to remember that Godley hasn't had an easy schedule to start. Road starts against the Dodgers and Braves, home dates against Boston and San Diego and the Padres are an underrated offense at times. I mean, they've got a lot of bats in that lineup all of a sudden. Mm. So, you know, if you give Godley a little bit of a pass and and think that he can bounce back, I, I would say the Pittsburgh Pirates are the perfect uh, opponent for him to do that against. Yeah, so they rank near the bottom in every single offensive category. You know, part of the reason they've been so good, actually, is Joe Musgrove has been, you know, a lot of people in the fantasy community waiting for his breakout season. This will be his fourth start of the year. So far in 22 innings, he's he has 21 strikeouts. He only, he's only allowed two earned runs and 13 hits. The two runs came in his last start against Detroit. So if you had the choice, you'd lean godly over Musgrove. You, th- you think maybe a little bit more upside with, with Zach? Well, I think there's more of contrarian value there for sure. Good call. Yeah, I, I think you're right there. Um, 3.16 implied total for Arizona is one of the lowest on the board and four for Pittsburgh. So uh, I think this will be a low scoring game. If you want to take the under, you want to take a shot on Godley. Uh, I don't mind Musgrove as well. Let's move over to Tampa Bay. We have Yanni Chirinos. He's making the start for the Rays. He's only had a couple starts this year. I don't expect them to go deep really, um, you know, in this ball game today, but um, you know, he's been decent and the whole race, like it, they're a weird team to figure out really in, in just terms of stacking their studs unless, you know, it's, it's Snell or, or Charlie Morton. Um, but for Chirinos, again, this is his third start. He came out of the pen in his last outing. He had five innings, only allowed the one hit and five strikeouts. You know, I'm just not sure how deep he'll go. Um, you know, Kansas City, Brad Keller, on the other hand, uh, 3.6 team applied total for the Royals. Do you have a feel uh, with this game here tonight? I would just say that Chirinos pitches well at home, uh, 3.26 FIP and 25 strikeout percentage, like right on the dot, strikes at one and four. So 
he's already had the dominant start against the Houston Astros on his resume this season. So I, I would say the upside is there. I, I agree there's some risk, but I mean, I think that's kind of the whole nature of daily fantasy sports is <laughs> risk reward, right? So maybe there is a little bit of concern surrounding him for the exact same reasons you just laid out, Chris. And then maybe his, under, his ownership comes in a little lower than it should. And, and there's profit potential there. So I definitely think he's a solid pitcher. You just don't know how deep he's going to go into the game. I'm not scared of the Kansas City Royals, though. No, I'm not scared of them either. Hunter Dozier is very interesting. Uh, he's got some power in his bat. If there, was, if there is one thing with Torinos, he has a 50% fly ball rate so far this season. So maybe if you're looking for you know some standalone value, uh, I do like him in the four spot. He's got a very high hard hit rate, 43%, 40 last year. Um, I don't believe in the 300 average, but he does have some power in a small sample size. Last year, he went deep um, 11 times, so he's got some power in his bat. And on the other side, Kel- Keller comes in with a 79% contact rate. We've been all over the Rays for for a few days now. We mentioned you know they ran into Boston, and but before that, they were just really taking advantage of some flyball pitchers, and, and the Orioles came to town, and there was home runs left, right, and center. So. Um, Our boy Austin Meadows is on the IL, though, so we can't play him today. Let's move on to Philadelphia and New York. There's probably definitely actually going to be some runs scored in this game. We have Jake Arrieta against Steven Matz. Uh, Team implied total for the Phillies, 4.2. For New York, it's 4.4. Jake Arrieta enters with an 84% contact rate. It's the third highest in the game. And for Matz, it's an 80.4% contact rate. Both guys have been hit hard, Neil, to start the season. Yeah, I think Matt's stat line's a little out of whack because of his last start. He kind of had some poor luck. I think Emin Rosario booted a couple balls and, and yeah, he got a, the error and that was a rough first inning for him, right? He didn't yeah, have. I don't yeah. think he had one out. No, and like eight runs against yeah. or something. It was really bad. So, uh, you know, sometimes the the small sample really can throw things off. I think Matt's is a is a good pitcher, but bottom line is these two teams are hitting really well, and I would stay clear of the uh, both pitchers, and I would look to the middle of the lineups if if needed, and and you have the salary room to to manipulate and fire a couple of them in. Uh, Robinson Cano's kind of been sneaky good, and then obviously Bryce Hoskins. Andrew McCutcheon are, are proven uh, mashers. So oh, yeah. Definitely McCutcheon against lefties. Definitely <laughs> against lefties. I was going to say, McCutcheon is yeah. uh, he's phenomenal against lefties. So there's been some injuries now in this Phillies lineup over the past couple of days. Gene Segura hit the IL. Kingery hit the IL. So looks like uh, Cesar Hernandez could jump up into that two spot. Obviously gets a little bit of a boost there. I'm not crazy about him. Uh, I would like to see Franco move up the lineup. It doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. And you mentioned Cano. Keep an eye on him. I, I know uh, he was spotted with a soft cast on his hand uh, yesterday after the outing. But Joe and I, Neil, we always bring him up because, you know, he's in a great spot in the order. Mets are an underrated stack. I, I feel like they just go low-owned most times. Uh, and their their offense is decent. And for whatever reason, Cano just kind of checks in as one of the better values like every single time the Mets play. I mean, 3-3. Three, three on DK it just seems like another steal Neil yeah I've actually he's one of my highest owned players in season long just a professional hitter new environment you know kind of flew under the radar had this suspension last year but he's a hall of fame hitter so yeah I I don't really have anything else to say I mean he's one of my he's one of my most highly owned season long guys and he hasn't been great so far but he's been solid a lot of doubles and you know all it takes is a couple of those doubles to clear the fence and uh you know he's the next Tommy La Stella 
<laughs> Tommy Lestella, a couple shout-outs, this guy going yard. Uh, maybe we'll have to play him uh, tonight. <laughs> you know, Jeff McNeil is interesting to me as well. I know Joe is a huge fan of his. He he touched on him on uh, FantraxHQ.com. I recently had an article just came out today as well. Just everything that you missed from last week, week four, uh, covered all 30 teams. So if you want to check that out, maybe there's a couple, you know, tidbits that can help you out in a DFS standpoint season long as well. But, uh, you know, back to the article Joe wrote is just for McNeil, just a high contact guy. Uh, really just underrated bat in that lineup and his has been producing now for you know go back to last season the second half really just strong producer and just making good contact and going up against a guy like Jake Garriott I think it's a when you have a contact pitcher it's always a good option to get a couple contact bats in there for sure so I think he fits the bill let's over head over to Boston now there is a chance of some rain here looking like an 83% chance of precipitation so um, this is really the best pitching matchup on the board. It's it's crazy to think, but Matt Boyd has been really good this season. He's getting a lot of swing and misses. He's 9,100. He's 9,000. Yeah, he's over nine grand. It's, it's unbelievable. I have to double check that, Neil. I mean, he's $9,100 on DK. It's 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 He's more than Chris Sale right now. We mentioned Sale and the struggles he's had to start the season. So we got the lefty-lefty here on the hill. Detroit 3.3 team implied total. And then we have the Red Sox at 4.8. Going to Chris Sale today, I mean, for the Line Star app, he projects as the highest guy on both sites um, and just as one of the better value guys. You mentioned that Velocity was back up. What's your thoughts on Sale going up against Detroit? I mean, this is a really good spot for him to get right. Yeah, absolutely. I don't really have a whole lot of confidence in the Detroit Tigers. Um, obviously, Nick Castellanos is, is, a, is a strong hitter. But other than that, I think Chris Sale can absolutely dominate this lineup. Um, but are is he going to pitch deep into the game if he gets on a roll? Uh, you know, I, I still think there's some overarching concerns here with Chris Sale, but he definitely needs to be considered long and hard. Uh, my big play from this game is Xander Bogarts just because of his success against lefties. And, you know, I could see the bottom falling out for Matt Boyd. One thing to note, too, here is the wind is blowing in. I don't know necessarily how much of an impact that would have at Fenway, but it's probably not going to be a very nice day. So that could favor, you know, the the pitchers to kind of keep hitters off balance. But I definitely like Bogart's 412 yeah. on base percentage and, and 354 Woba against lefties dating back to last year. So just rock solid right in the middle of the lineup. Yeah, and I mean, it, all it takes is a couple wins. I mentioned that every time I see the Red Sox, you know, underdogs on the road, I jump on them. And it was it worked out this weekend. They were road dogs all three games, and, you know, they came out on top. And obviously, they're huge, huge favorites here. So far, talking to you guys, it's they're minus 197. So, uh, huge favorites. Good point by you with the wind and the weather. Um, this may be a game to stay clear of, but for, for Boyd, you know, I, I agree. I think the bottom could fall out a little bit. Now, I mentioned he's getting some swing and misses. Good stuff. He's he's faced some some weaker opponents, so this will be a true test for him against the Red Sox. Um, he's a fly ball pitcher, so the home runs are going to happen. They're going to he's going to allow some, and he's not going to be able to get away from that. So he's going to strike some guys out, but he's going to allow some home runs. Steve Pierce is going to get in the lineup every time they they face a lefty. I find he's a pretty good value. He's checking in on the Line Star app as well over on DraftKings. Neil, he's thirty six hundred dollars. And on the FanDuel side, he's 2-2. So, I mean, if you're playing on FanDuel, and it is definitely going to be a risk. You mentioned DFS. That's what it's all about, risk. Maybe you don't want to play Pierce in cash, but 
Maybe you want to get him in there if you're if you're somebody who likes to play multiple lineups in tournaments because Steve Pierce, especially over on the FanDuel side, put him in there in the three spot in this lineup uh, and just, you know, watch the points pile up. Let's move over to St. Louis. This is the third time already Jack Flaherty has had to face Milwaukee. Uh, finally, he's going to get them at home. But, you know, I was just looking into some numbers with Flaherty. I like him, man. I, th- I think he's a solid pitcher. Uh, but right now he's got a 55% hard hit rate. It's the third highest among starting pitchers with at least – uh, 10 innings. So, I mean, I want to give him a bit of a pass, Neil, but it's so hard to roster this guy against Milwaukee. I mean, or his first start of the season, he only went four innings, gave up seven, seven hits, four earned runs, a home run, only struck out four. Then he faced the Padres. You mentioned them. He had a pretty good start against them, though. He faced the Dodgers, a really good start against the Dodgers. Then he faces Milwaukee again in Milwaukee. Gives up five runs, another two bombs, nine hits. He, only, he didn't even get out of this out of the third inning. So, He's the highest pay. He's you looking on DraftKings, ninety eight. You look over on FanDuel, a little bit of a discount there with Flaherty, seventy eight. Do you have a feel on him? Would you roster him? To me, he's just a contrarian play against these Brewers bats. Yeah, sums it up. It wouldn't be someone I was targeting. Um, unfortunately, I don't have shares. I'm with you. I think he's a good young pitcher. I think he's got the stuff to be a long standing uh, rotation member for the Cards and do really well. This is a horrible matchup, though. The Brewers are deep lineup. This is a division rivalry. They've been scoring runs against each other all year long. I just don't like going up against the murderer's row of Yelich, Moustakis. I really think Travis Shaw is an excellent buy-low candidate right now in value. He's struggling against right-handed pitchers this season. But in the past, we know that he's had almost identical seasons against righties in 2017, 2018. And uh, there's definitely statistical correction ahead of his 278 slugging percentage and 253 Woba against righties because he's actually hit the ball really hard 49 or 46.9 hard hit percentage this season. So Shaw's a, is a buy low candidate for me in a, in a nice little plug in there in the, you know, second tier of the, uh, the middle of that, Milwaukee lineup. Oh yeah, I mean, Yelich is unbelievable. What, what do you make of him? What do you make of Christian Yelich? I mean, he almost had another bomb yesterday. Cody Bellinger jumped the fence and and caught it, and then Bellinger went yard. It was so fun to watch those two go head to head over the weekend. Bellinger's got, yeah, I think he's got near twenty eight RBIs and eleven bombs himself, and Yelich with thirteen. I mean, these two are just. There's nothing to say, but Neil, I thought maybe a little bit of you know regression in terms of you know, home runs for Yellis, but that doesn't seem to be the case. No. In fact, if he's got till the, the end of the month to hit two more bombs, and then he's the first player in major league history to have 15 in the first month of the season. I think it's a good bet. He's going to do it. He's still got another eight days or so left in this month. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, I mean, it's kind of, you know, it's made the fantasy landscape very unique um, this season and we touched on it off the top, so we don't need to really rehash, but right. all starting pitching injuries, the horrible mid-tier starting options, and then all these players hitting huge, sorry, hitting so many home runs and posting huge numbers. If you don't have Bellinger, if you don't have Yelich, especially in a rotisserie setting, you are way behind the eight ball. So it's uh, it's been interesting. I mean, obviously, we've got months of season for things to – even out, but you know, it's been an interesting first couple of weeks. 
Yeah, it really has. So I'm with you on Travis Shaw. I think that's a pretty good call. I've been saying like him and Jesus Aguilar, but Aguilar is really just he's he's struggling, but he is a discount as well. Two four. They're both two four on the FanDuel side, Neil. And they're both three thousand on the DraftKings side. I think from a tournament standpoint, you know, one or two of these guys are eventually going to break out. It, it's probably better to play them at home, you know, uh, in Milwaukee. This game on the road, but even still, uh, I think if again, if you're into playing a lot of a lot of tournament lineups, you know, they but they both stand out. Mike Mustaka stands out. Ryan Braun has struggled to start the season. Stands out. It, you mentioned Murderers Row. It's it's a high-powered offense, so eventually those guys are going to turn around. On the other side, I really like the St. Louis bats today. I think you can play them in cash. Adrian Hauser, I really had to dig deep into into Hauser. <laughs> to be honest, man, I didn't know like a whole lot about him. But I mean, this is his first major league start. I mean, he he has came out of the he came out of the pen last year uh, and really struggled. Thirteen point two innings last season. He gave up five earned runs, seven walks. He only struck out eight, and so far. Um, it's just a really small sample size triple A ball. He's had three starts and they've actually been pretty good starts for him. A 1.10 ERA, 9.92 K per nine, not walking any guys, but the larger sample, if you go look at 2018 in the minors, really struggled with the walks, didn't strike out a whole lot of guys when he jumped up from double A AA to triple A, the strikeouts really came down. Uh, he was giving up a lot of contact, a lot of hard contact. Um, and really just struggling with the home runs. So uh, I think it's a good opportunity. You want to jump on some of these Cardinals guys, you can trust them in cash. And, and Jose Martinez is a guy that, you know, he's starting to get some more play, Neil. He's getting in the lineup. Um, he had a pretty good weekend. He's got some power in his bat. He's in a good spot in that lineup as well, uh, hitting in the five spot, 4-2 on DraftKings, and just a steal, an absolute steal on the FanDuel side. He's $2,800. Let's move over to Houston. We have the Astros, a 5.5 team implied total. They got Brad Peacock on the hill. He's just making his third start. Of course, he was put to the pen because Houston had a couple, just the way their schedule worked out. They had some off days. So uh, Peacock will be making his third start. Not sure how deep he's going to be able to go into this start, uh, but it's a good matchup against Jake Odorizzi on the other side, a a fly ball pitcher, somebody, Neil, that we pick on a lot. And that's why we get the Astros at 5.5, the team implied total. Uh, Joe, um, Joe and I like to call home run shots at the end of the show or, you know, through the show when we find something. George Springer had three home runs last week. Alex Bregman, three home runs. We've been talking about Bregman, Neil, for a while because on the FanDuel side, he's been super, super cheap. He still checks in under 4K, $3,900. Michael Brantley, 38 Carlos Correa, 37 I think that there's going to be some some home runs in this game against Jake Odorizzi. I think my home run call uh, may have to come from this game, Neil. Well, I'd... I'd... Tyler White to the to the mix there too, just because affordable and you know he's UG's on FanDuel. Yeah, exactly. So I definitely throw uh, add Tyler White to the mix. This is going to be another big high scoring game, really. Um, I'd like to see Peacock do well. He was a guy that I put a lot of stock in in season long, and so obviously moving to the bullpen was a little frustrating. But knowing that he was going to come back to the rotation, pitch for a good team in you know a nice pitcher's park, um, and it made there so. I, I don't have a whole lot of faith in either Peacock or Odorizzi. I really like Odorizzi long-term too. I think the Twins are a good team, especially defensively. Um, and this is just a really tough matchup for Odorizzi. But I think he'll, you know, show some signs over the next month and a half of, of you know, settling into that solid uh, mid-rotation, back-rotation fantasy starter. So I – I don't have a whole lot of love in this game. Obviously, Eddie Rosario's pretty hot. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's what happens when you go to Baltimore. 
yeah. all those guys. I mean, really, yeah. Cruz hit a couple bombs. Crone hit went yard. Scope hit a couple. What Rosario had three on Saturday alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that all Max Kepler looks like a decent, you know, if he's if he is going to lead off, and you know, not not too expensive, and you know, there's some potential there. He's obviously a little dinged up, so that's definitely something to keep keep an eye on. But I I agree with you. I I can't really you know disagree with anything you said about the Astros and where they're at. They're probably just getting. They're going mid-season yeah. form, right? Absolutely, yeah. They're they're just starting a, a big weekend series in Texas where a lot of runs were scored, and you know Texas pitching staff is a lot like Baltimore's. There's just a good opportunity to jump on some bats when they play them. So I'll go with the home run call here today. I'll, I'll say Alex Bregman continues to get hot. Um, again, if you're playing over on FanDuel, it's just a really affordable stack. The three, four, five hitters. You mentioned Tyler White. I think it's a good GPP option as well uh, for him to get going. Let's move over to Colorado. Here, here's the game right now with with the team implied totals uh, are through the roof here at Coors. It's right now it's an over under at 11. It's the highest on the board, and you know, like any other game at Coors, it's going to be tough to get these bats in your lineup. So Tyler Anderson, uh, the lefty going up against Jeremy Hellickson. Hellickson has actually surprisingly been pretty good for a long time now, Neil. Um, he's allowed three or fewer runs in 20 of his last 21 starts or two or fewer in 16 of those outings, but he does have a league high 88.4 contact percentage in his two starts, which is not what you want if you're heading to course field. So we have the Rockies 5.8 team implied total and we have the Nationals 5.3 team implied total. Ryan McMahon returned to the lineup this week in his return. He had two home runs. The line star app really loves him. They think he's a pretty good value in the five spot on both sites. He's three, four on FanDuel again. I find the pricing tight on DraftKings, but on FanDuel, you can find some of these values. What are you doing about this game? You're not going to go to Jeremy Hellickson, are you? Well, uh, when there's an acre between each outfielder, that contact rate you mentioned is going to be a little bit of an issue. Um, so, no, I'm, I, I, you know, I guess you summed it up pretty well. I think everyone knows the ins and the outs of how to, you know, get some course field bats in your lineups when, when it's affordable and when you can make it work. Uh, obviously Ryan Zimmerman is a little bit of a value. His history against left-handed pitchers the last, you know, dating back to the beginning of last season's off the charts, um, 469 on base, 462 Woba. I mean, that's just elite production. And then I also sort of like Tony Walters as an affordable catcher, um, 407 on base percentage at course field this season. So he's pretty cheap, 3.6 on DK and Zimmerman's only 4.3 on DK. Um, so there's definitely some potential there. Um, but if you want to spend up elsewhere, obviously there's good case for doing so. Yeah, I mean, with with some of the pitchers, like we don't love Flaherty, we don't love Arietta. So I mean, it's not like you have to spend up at the pitcher. So you can you can get some bats in here from this game if if you want to. I love the Zimmerman call. We were on it last week against the lefty. It didn't work out. I, I think people should continue to to ride that. He's in a great spot in the order. Again, Fanduel. He's he's a steal. And if Anthony Rendon doesn't get in this lineup, he didn't play on Sunday. I noticed how he Kendrick moved up. Robles moved up. I, he hit leadoff when Eaton didn't play last week. He moved into the two spot when Rendon wasn't in the lineup. So if if Robles moves up to the two spot, I know he's expensive, but that's going to boost his value. And Howie Kendrick, if he finds a way to get into this lineup, maybe a cheap bat to consider. Let's move over. Two more games left to talk about here before we wrap things up. The Yankees and the Angels. 
I'm just amazed with the Yankees. I just really am, Neil. I just, it's not like I feel bad for the Yankees because I don't like whatever it's, you know, it's, it is what it is, but it's unbelievable to me. You know, you can, I saw a graphic the other day, their entire roster. I mean, you start at catcher with Sanchez, you move over, you know, bird at first, um, it's it's really the whole outfield and Hicks and Stanton and Judge just recently landed on the IL. Obviously, D.D. Gregorius has already been out. Andohar has been out for a bit. Um, Tulowitzki, some of their bench guys that they were you know <laughs> expecting bigger roles have been out of the lot. I look at this lineup and I'm just like, oh my goodness. But this is a good opportunity against Matt Harvey, who just really hasn't been good this season, giving up a lot of contact, a lot of hard contact. Uh, I don't know where you go with some of these Yankee bats. I mean. Do you? Do, are you feeling any of them? I mean, LeMay, who's got a decent average, but doesn't like he doesn't have a lot of power. No, Glebert Torres and Clint Frazier aren't expensive though, and they're batting. They should bat fourth, fifth, or right in the middle of the lineup. So they're they're pluggable in there against Harvey. Um, I kind of look at this as a potential get right spot for Jay Happ too. I mean, yeah, good call. You know the the Angels. I get so the Angels aren't doing much against lefties Nothing. for quite some time dating back yeah. to last year. So you pitch around Mike Trout and you should be fine, but they're, they've only got a 20.5 strikeout percentage against Southpaws. And they also only have a 16.5 mark this year. So there might not be a whole lot of upside there with Hap, but he should be able to manage that lineup and keep them in check and potentially go deep in a game. So I'm not really bullish about anything else here. Um, except for, I would say that, uh, Gleber Torres and, and Clint Frazier are definitely in play just because they're hitting the middle of the lineup because they're talented hitters and Matt Harvey isn't scaring anyone. But Jay Happ there is it's definitely a decent option um, because of his you know matchup against the Angels. Yeah, I, I think Happ actually is one of my favorite on the board. You said it perfectly, Neil. They're they're not a team that strikes out, but they're not a team that has had success against lefties. Yeah, dating back to last season, the dead worst average, dead last average against lefties. So far this year, they're near the bottom in terms of WOBA and average against lefties as well. So I think, you know, this is a really good spot. Good call by you for Jay Happ to get right. I, I like him. He's expensive. You're going to have to spend up, but I, I think it's worth it. 9-3 on DK, 8,000 on FanDuel. And I like the Yankees on the money line too. I know it could be a little risky looking at this lineup, but um, you know they're in a good spot to, to have some success against Matt Harvey's and, and great calls. Torres, Clint Frazier. Frazier had a big weekend. Uh, I was I was a little on the fence with him from a season-long standpoint. I wasn't sure because I just didn't know where the playing time was going to come from. You know, I thought Hicks and Stan back in the lineup soon, but now with Judge out, it looks like he's going to have some regular at-bats for, for a while now. So let's move over to the final game of the night. We have Oakland 4.7 team implied total. Chris Bassett on the hill against Mike Miner, the lefty 3.9 team implied total. And as I mentioned, I mean, any I, I just never would imagine this time of the season that Mike Miner – would be more expensive than Chris Sale, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, I, I'm not a huge Mike Miner fan. He gives up, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of contact. The fly ball rate is a little bit concerning, but this is a decent park for him. Uh, what's your takeaways on this game? Any thoughts? I mean, Danny Santana has been interesting in the two spot for Texas, but you know, he's actually pretty expensive. <laughs> yeah, he is on DK. That's for sure. Uh, yeah. when I, I look at Mike Miner, I mean, he's, he's, been a solid pitcher when healthy throughout his career he's out pitched his peripherals um in most most situations you know his, his era is normally lower than his than his fip which i think there's a skill there obviously um 
but because of his price, he would be more of an against the grain option for me, uh, you know, contrarian, contrarian play, but spacious Oakland Coliseum helps. And yeah. he can add up a few strikeouts there against, against the free swinging uh, Rangers who are good, but they don't have a real scary lineup. And, you know, he, uh, yeah, or sorry, he against Oakland. I mean, there, there's some, there's some potential there. So again, yeah. You can get by being a, being a against the grain option for sure. Okay. So to wrap it up, uh, something that Joe and I just quickly run through. So we like some, we like some runs in the Baltimore game with David Hess on the Hill. I think it's a, another good opportunity to attack the Orioles. Um, I think there'll be some runs scored there. So if you want to get some white Sox in there. Yoan Makata is a decent home run call as well. I'm, I'm going to go with uh, my boy, Alex Bregman in that one. We think that there's going to be, you know, low scoring affair in the Pittsburgh and Arizona game. So maybe Zach Godley on the other side, Joe, Joe Musgrove is some, someone to definitely think about. Definitely. We like some runs in the Mets and the Phillies game with Ariota and Matt's on the Hill. And keep in mind, line starts been pretty good with very good with some of their, their values and some of their calls. Steven Matz, they really like Matz uh, in this matchup. Neil mentioned that there's been some unluck, um, some, just a little bit of unluckiness with with Matt so far to start the season, some errors. Chris Sale is somebody I think we should, you, you guys should maybe take a take a flyer on tonight for sure. There's a price discount, and he's got a really good uh, matchup today to get right. Uh, we like the St. Louis Cardinals. Love the Astros against Jake Odorizzi. Um, and we like Jay Happen there as well. Neil, is there anything else uh, that you want to get to before we get out of here? Maybe is there a home run call put you on the spot? Is there some, one, a, a guy that you think could go yard tonight? I would uh, say about, from a value perspective, a, a guy to chase, and I, and I touched on him, is definitely Travis Shaw. Uh, I think there's potential for him to definitely leave the yard. And then uh, a little bit from Oakland, I like the combo of Chris Davis and Chad Pinder against Mike Miner. I talked about Mike Miner being, you know, a decent play, but you know, those two have been uh, pretty successful against Southpaws and um, Chris Davis himself, three Oh three ISO dating back to last year against, against lefties. That's a high end mark. So maybe he's the one that leaves the yard. So I like Chris Davis as a home run call from a m- more expensive player and uh, Travis Shaw from a value standpoint. Love it. Chris Davis, $3,900 on FanDuel. Pender, $2,500 on FanDuel. Two good steals. Neil, always Chris a pleasure, with a K. Chris with a K, That's man. right. Chris, Chris with, a with a K. You know, we were playing Chris with a C when he was $500 on FanDuel. We were like, why not? Let's just get him out there. And, you know, maybe he'll be all right. It allowed you to do whatever you wanted. But, yeah, Chris with a K. Nice. Now you watch Chris with a C. We'll go yard as well. Uh, Neil, always a pleasure. N.A. Parker, 77 is where you can give him a follow on Twitter. Neil, appreciate your time. I uh, encourage everybody to check out uh, obviously you're listening to the show but subscribe give us a, a rate and review we really appreciate that download the app some fantastic stuff over there at line star so everybody good luck if you're playing dfs let the winners be yours and we will catch you tomorrow you've been listening to the dfs on deck podcast brought to you by line star hit subscribe tell a friend and stay tuned for the next episode from fantasy baseball experts joe pizza and chris Meney.